Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and today is going to be a fantastic hour. My friend and Bible teacher, mentor Jeff Verdorn, is going to be talking about Christ's final week. And it's going to be riveting. Trust me, you're going to love this. And Jeff, in his uh, the way his brain works, he's very chart-oriented, and he lays stuff out on charts, and it's fantastic. And believe it or not, he has a chart that is going to... Uh, be available if you want to get it. You will love having this to study. And all you have to do is email me, bill at myfaithradio.com, bill at myfaithradio.com. And just in the subject line, put Jeff's chart, and I will send it to you. I'll email it to you, so you'll be able to have it for your own study uh, purposes. And after you hear this hour, I'm pretty certain you're going to want to listen to the hour again. And Probably the second time you'll have the chart to go through it as well. So it's laid out beautifully. It's easy to follow. I say that a little tongue-in-cheek because I'm not even sure which way to hold it. Am I holding it right, Jeff? Let's see. Here we go. Yeah, so it's uh, it's beautifully laid out. And we're going to talk about the, the final week in the life of Jesus, and it's going to be a really great hour. So let me get things started. I'll take a very short break, a break and bring on Jeff. You can use today's amazing technology to grow in your faith. Faith Radio offers many ways for you to connect your faith to life every day. In addition to listening to the radio, you can also use the Faith Radio app on your mobile device or visit MyFaithRadio.com to listen to the live stream. If you'd rather listen to the program's podcast, those are also available on the Faith Radio app and at MyFaithRadio.com to hear anywhere or anytime you'd like. You can download the free Faith Radio app in iTunes or Google Play. Just search for Faith Radio. Also, if you have an Alexa or Amazon Echo device, you can listen to the live stream by saying, Enable Faith Radio and then play Faith Radio. It's also easy to share audio content and articles from MyFaithRadio.com. Just click on the Facebook or Twitter icon on the left side of the page to post a link to your feed. Put technology to good use and grow in your faith with Faith Radio. Back to the show. My friend Jeff Redorn is in, in talking today about the Christ final week, and it's going to be an amazing hour. I think this is such a fantastic study. For many of you, you're going to be hearing this going, huh, what? And some of you will be celebrating going, I've always believed this. So it's, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Hi, Bill. And this is uh, something that uh, you've done a beautiful job of laying this out, thinking through this. It's all biblical, and I'd say let's get started. Well, it's, it is it's awfully detailed. Uh, we were just talking, maybe I need to make a simplified version of this to, to pass out to folks. But this started uh, a number of years ago. I got I teach a Sunday school class at my home church, Grace Church in Eden Prairie. And somebody asked me a question about, it was during this week, the Passover week, the Easter week. 
And I couldn't answer the question. I said, you know what? Let me look into that. And I started looking into that, and I started a study over the next uh, couple few months of all the time references in all the Gospels relating to the final week of Christ's life. And because when I grew up, I remember sitting in church in high school even, and Friday was the, is the traditional crucifixion day, right? Jesus, we have Good Friday, and that's the traditional crucifixion day. But I would read, or they would, you know, read from the Bible, and, and, and especially in Matthew, in Matthew uh, chapter 12, and it says that the sign of Jonah is that Jesus would spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and then he would rise again. And I always thought, well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it never fit, right? And that bothered me for a long, long time, for decades, until I did this study and I started putting the pieces together. And guess what I found? So, and that was this chart. Mm-hmm. So after a few, a uh, couple few months of study, I put this chart together, kind of trying to reconcile it. And scripture always reconciles perfectly. When we have an issue with Scripture, it usually has to do with our understanding, not because there's some problem in Scripture. Amen? So, Right. Amen. So let's start, as we look at the final week of Christ's life, and as we look at this issue of the crucifixion, and was it, uh, was it Friday or not, we have to first understand a little bit of the Old Testament before we get started, right? So the pattern of the Old Testament was this Passover week. And we know the story from going all the way back to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. So the Passover, they were given, they were to slaughter a land, they were to take the blood, they were put it on the doorpost. And then God also said that this celebration or this feast or this festival was to be a lasting ordinance for Israel. And here's the pattern he gave, all right? So are you ready for the pattern? Exodus 12 says this, the Lord said to Moses, this month, the month of Nisan, is to be for you the first month. So Nisan is kind of like Israel's January. This is when their year started, the month of Nisan, the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole community that of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Okay, so Exodus 12 says that on Nisan the 10th, they are to select the lamb. It goes on to say in verse 6 that you are to care for that lamb until the 14th day of Nisan, at which time you were to slaughter the lamb at twilight. Well, twilight is late in the afternoon, right? Before Mm -hmm. darkness came. So the Passover instructions were select the lamb on Nisan the 14th. I'm sorry, Nisan Nisan the 10th. Slaughter the lamb on Nisan the 14th. It then goes on to say for then that evening, which would be the next day, Nisan the 15th, you were to hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. Okay, so now remember, we have to pause for a minute here and understand the difference between a Hebrew day and our days, either the Julian days, which was kind of the, the uh, you know, Gentile calendar, or today it's called the Gregorian calendar, but they're, they're pretty close. So just the, the difference between the Hebrew calendar and our regular calendar. Their days start at sundown, right? That's what starts a new day. So when the Sabbath sundown came, that would start the Sabbath day, right? That Mm -hmm. would be the next day. So their days, the the Hebrew day, the Jewish day, starts at sundown and goes to sundown. Our days start at midnight, right? That's when our days swap from one day to the next. So Nisan 14, they were to select the lamb, I'm sorry, slaughter the lamb after 
sunset would be the 15th of Nisan, and then they were to eat the Passover. But more importantly, that day, the 15th, would be a sacred assembly where they do no regular work. Well, what is that? That's just like the Sabbath. It was a Sabbath day. It was a Sabbath day where they were to do no regular work. So then, of course, the next day, uh, which would be Friday, and Friday night would be then the regular Sabbath day. So sundown Friday to sundown Saturday would be the regular weekly Sabbath. So when we start looking at what days of the weeks of those, that's going to become very important. Okay, so remember this. The Passover meal is eaten on the 15th. That's a Sabbath day. And then the regular Sabbath day is Friday night. So remember those two facts as we get into this. All right. After they then ate the the lamb on the 15th, there would be this feast of unleavened bread that we've heard about that would go on for seven days. And then part of that feast of unleavened bread is the feast of fruit, first fruits, which always occurred the first day after the Sabbath of that week, which means Sunday. And we know that Jesus is the first fruits. 1 Corinthians 15 says, but Christ is indeed raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So one of the things we're going to do right at the start is we're going to anchor Resurrection Day as Sunday, the day of first fruits, the day that Jesus rose from the grave. And we know that from the gospel accounts as well, right? That early in the morning on the first day of the week before it was light, you know, the women went to the tomb. So we know that Jesus was raised on Sunday, on Resurrection Day, uh, on Easter morning. Mm -hmm. Now notice what it said, by the way, before dawn on the first day of the week, John says the women got to the tomb and saw that the stone had already rolled away. Ooh, another important clue when we start piecing this together. All right, one last part of the Old Testament pattern before we get to the kind of the New Testament narrative that fits in here is what year this is. Now, this is a long study. We don't have time to go into it, but it's Daniel chapter 9. One of the most amazing prophecies in all of Scripture is this Daniel chapter 9 that literally tells us the timing of the Messiah's coming. Now, if you understand some of the Old Testament prophecies, you probably have heard that Jesus was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem, that he'd be called a Nazarene, that he would speak in parables, that he would be betrayed by a friend for 30 pieces of silver, that he'd be uh, mocked and spat upon. These are all Old Testament prophecies, that he would be pierced for our transgressions, right? Um, These are all Old Testament prophecies that point to the life ministry, the birth, life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Christ. But one of the most amazing prophecies is this Daniel 9 prophecy that tells us when the Messiah would come. We know the Old Testament tells us where he would be born and where he'd have a ministry, but Daniel 9 actually points to when he would come. Well, when you look at the Daniel 9 prophecy and study the details of it, it points, actually, it it culminates on when the anointed one, this Messiah, was to come on Palm Sunday in 32 AD, okay? So I'm going to set two things at the start here. One is Resurrection Sunday when he rose from the grave, but before that, I'm going to set this Palm Sunday in 32 AD 
as the day that the, the Messiah showed up. Why is that important? Well, because that happens to be the 10th of Nisan in 32 AD. What did Israel do on the 10th of Nisan? They selected their lamb. Who is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Well, that is Christ, right? And for the first time, he enters into Jerusalem riding on this donkey, accepting the praises from Israel for the first time as Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All right. Is that a pause? Sure. That's okay. a good place to pause. Awesome. All right. We're talking about the final week of Christ. Jeff Redorn is my guest in studio. He's got a wonderful chart. I know it'd probably be wonderful for you to follow along with this. I don't know if I can get it to you fast enough, but I will send it to you after the show. And it's always great to go back and listen to it again with chart in hand. Uh, email me, bill at myfaithradio.com. Bill at myfaithradio.com. Just in the subject line, put Jeff's chart. And I'll get it to you. Be back in a minute. studio. We're going through the final week of Christ. I know you're riveted. So, uh, Jeff, let's pick it up. Let's get back to it. So now we've we kind of set the stage from the Old Testament pattern. They selected the lamb on the 10th. The lamb was slaughtered on the 14th of Nisan. Of this week, the same week that Christ shows up into Jerusalem on a donkey in 32 AD on that Sunday. All right, so let's turn to the Gospels now and start reviewing some of the key time phrases that are in Scripture, and let's put it all together. All right. So let's start in John 12, and it says in John 12 that it was six days before the Passover, on which was, of course, the 15th of Nisan, which was when the Passover meal was eaten. And John 12 says that the next day was to be the uh, was the next day was Palm Sunday, basically, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. So if you count off from Saturday to the Passover, Scripture just says that it was six days. Well, we count off one, two, three, four, five, six. Sure enough, we get to Nisan the 15th. So we know we're locked in here. Of course, the next day, Sunday, Palm Sunday, Jesus enters into Jerusalem on a donkey, Matthew um, uh, Mark 11, Matthew 21, Jesus goes to the temple. Matthew 21 says that Jesus clears the temple. And then it says it was late and Jesus goes off to Bethany and he left and goes to Bethany, Matthew 21. And just a point of reference to Bethany. If you're in Jerusalem and you're heading to Bethany, you're going to go down from the mount, the temple mount, pass through the Garden of Gethsemane, up over the Mount of Olives, and then on to Bethany. And that's going to be actually Jesus's pattern here every day this week. So we'll see that. So remember that. All right. Mark 11, it says, then the next day, he then curses 
this fig tree, if you remember him cursing the fig tree. And then it says, on reaching Jerusalem, he clears the temple again, Mark eleven fifteen. And you say, wait a minute, he clears the temple twice? Hmm. And I think, yes, I think Scripture actually indicates that he clears the temple on Sunday, and then he once again clears it on Monday. And you ask, well, why did he have to clear it twice? Well, when he clears the temple and he pushes the tables over and so on, do you think they all listened to him and went home then? It's like, no, I think they came back the next day as well, and so he does it again. Mark 11 says it was evening. He goes out of the city. All right, so that's Monday. Now we get to Tuesday, Nisan the 12th. And in the morning, Peter sees the fig tree withered, Mark 11. He arrives once again in Jerusalem. And then on Tuesday, we have the parables and the teachings of Mark 12 and 13 or, or uh, Matthew uh, 22 and 23. Tuesday night, Jesus once again leaves the temple. He then goes up on to the Mount of Olive on his way to Bethany, and that's where we have the Olivet Discourse. So that's Matthew 24 and 25. It then says in Scripture that evening, Matthew 26, verse 2, that the Passover is still two days away. Well, sure enough, because we're past sundown, it's now Nisan the 13th, late on Tuesday, Nisan the 13th, and the Passover, count off, one, two, we get to the 15th. Sure enough, we're, t- we're still square with Scripture and where Passover is coming up on the 15th. That's where G- then that evening is when Jesus is anointed in Bethany, and Judas Iscariot goes to the chief priest to portray Jesus. All right, so now we get to Wednesday, Wednesday the 13th of Nisan. We actually don't have any events on Wednesday recorded in Scripture until we get to that evening when it says the Last Supper is on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Matthew 26, 17. But now note, it's now the 14th of Nisan because it's past sundown. So even though we're still Wednesday evening, it's really the next day for uh, for Israel. And it says that this is the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Well, notice in John 13, this is a parallel passage, it says that of this Last Supper, it was before the Passover feast, that evening meal was served. And then remember what happens that in that upper room, in that meeting, remember Ju- Jesus dips his bread in the cup, and he says, whoever dips the cup after me is going to betray me. And then Judas, of course, dips his bread in, his, in the cup, and he then gets up and Jesus says, go, go do what you're going to do, right? And it says in Scripture that Jesus told Judas to go buy what is they, the disciples thought that Jesus had told Judas to go buy what was needed for the feast. Well, wait a minute here. If the Last Supper is the Passover meal— why would Jesus why would the disciples assume that Jesus was telling Judas to go what was to go buy what was needed for the feast? It doesn't make any sense, right? Another passage, we're going to fast forward for a second to the next morning after Jesus then is going to be arrested. We then get this passage in John 18 verse 28. So Jesus is arrested, he then appears before Pilate And it says this in John 18, that the Jews did not enter the palace because they wanted to be clean to be able to eat the Passover. So once again, 
after the Lord's Supper in the upper room, Scripture indicates that the Passover is yet future. Well, sure enough, on our chart, the Passover meal isn't eaten until Nisan the 15th. We're still in Nisan the 14th. We're still the day before the Passover. In addition, think about this. At the Last Supper, what are they eating at the Last Supper? Jesus takes the bread, right? And he breaks it and says, this is my body. And then he takes wine and he says, this is the cup of my, the covenant of my blood of which is poured out for you. So we see at the Last Supper that there's bread and wine. What is eaten? What's the primary element at the Passover meal? Well, the primary element at the Passover meal is the lamb, the lamb that's selected on the 10th that is to be slaughtered that next that day during the daylight hours that after that next afternoon on Nisan the 14th and then eaten roasted they would roast the lamb and eat the lamb on the 15th of Nisan okay and here right after the lord's supper when jesus is arrested scripture is telling us that the jews didn't enter into the temple that morning because they wanted to be clean to eat the passover so clearly the Last Supper, which is often presented as the Passover meal, is not the Passover. Only bread is served, only wine is served, and we know from the testimony of Scripture, both from John 13 and John 18, that the Passover meal is yet future. Now, here's the picture. Just This is how I think of it. This is the easy way to think of it. Passover meal on the 15th was a Sabbath day. You were not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath right? You only, the only thing you did was to eat the Passover meal, the roasted lamb. So everything for the Passover meal was to be done on the day before, during the day before the evening Passover meal. That's the preparation day in scripture. That is what's called preparation day. And it's kind of like Christmas. If you think about Christmas a long time ago, it, it, it actually doesn't work this way anymore because everybody gets ready for Christmas now 30 days in advance, right? Mm-hmm. But in the old days, what did they do? They would get ready for Christmas the day before Christmas. That's the day where they would trim the tree and get all the presents and get all set up and get ready for the meal the next day, which is on Christmas. That is how this is working. Preparation day, the 14th of, of Nisan, which is Thursday, is the preparation day. So that upper room is most likely where they would have eaten or did eat the Passover the next day, but this is preparation day, and this is not the Passover meal. Only bread and only wine are served. There's no mention of lamb, roasted lamb at all, which is what the main you know, element is at the Passover meal. Just an aside, by the way, some people talk about the Seder meal that is done. This was actually done last night, Israel Uh, you know, across the world, they would have eaten it. They eat the Seder. Notice they don't eat any lamb. So that it's not the traditional Passover. Since the temple is destroyed, they can't sacrifice the lamb. And therefore they have the Seder instead of the traditional biblical Passover meal. All right. We're going to come back with Jeff Verdorn. He's my guest. We're talking about the final week of Christ. He's got a wonderful chart. If you'd like it, I can email it to you probably after the show, unfortunately. Email me, bill at myfaithradio.com. Just put in the subject line, Jeff's chart. We will continue with this wonderful study in just a couple minutes.
Welcome back to the show. I'm doing my very best to send out these charts to listeners as fast as I can. So if you sent in a request for the chart, check your email. I think I did pretty good during the break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Setting a new record for myself. Anyway, Jeff Redorn's in studio. We're talking about the Christ final week. And we're realizing lesson number one, the Last Supper was not the Passover meal. Right, mm-hmm. Jeff? Correct. Correct. And, okay. and it's, we're on Wednesday, Wednesday evening. And remember, the three. what are the th- three keys? John 13 says it's before the Passover. So we're at, we're at the Last Supper. It's before the Passover. Judas leaves to go buy what's uh, necessary for the feast. So that means the Passover feast is not yet. And in John 18, the Jews didn't enter into the palace because they wanted to be clean to eat the Passover. And that was even the next morning. So clearly the Passover meal hasn't happened yet. And in 32 AD, the Passover meal is not going to be eaten until Thursday night, the Nisan the 15th. Um, So we're not there yet. So now let's finish up Wednesday evening, the Last Supper. Jesus is then uh, goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where he obviously is praying. That's where he prays, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Then he's arrested. He's brought before Caiaphas. We remember that Peter denies him three times. Then early the next morning, he's handed over to Pilate. That's when the Jews wouldn't enter into the palace because they wanted to be clean. Pilate sends him to Herod and uh, and so on. And the rest of the, the beating, the scourgings, and all the rest happen. Then they drag him out. Now, remember, Scripture is very precise. It says this is the day of preparation of the Passover week. We got that. So this is now Thursday, the 14th. This is the day before the Passover, preparation day. And as was the governor's custom, remember, Matthew 27, he says it's the, for the feast, he would always release a prisoner. So this is the day before. This is like Christmas Eve before the feast. Only, and 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 Pilate says he's going to hand somebody over for the Passover. Uh, once again, saying that the Passover hasn't happened. And then Jesus, of course, goes to the cross. And Scripture says that there's darkness between the sixth hour and the ninth hour, Matthew 27. So the sixth hour to the ninth hour is generally uh, uh, considered to be around noon to about three. So Jesus dies around the ninth hour, Matthew 27, 46. Well, that's late in the afternoon. Now, let's go back to what was happening in Israel, according to Exodus and Leviticus, about the Passover. Remember, they selected their lamb on the 10th, and they slaughtered the lamb on Nisan the 14th, late in the afternoon. So right as Israel is slaughtering their lambs for the Passover meal to be eaten that night, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is dying on the cross for all the sins of the world. Okay, I just got huge goosebumps. I, you know, do you believe in coincidences? It's no. like, no, this is, there's, this is, this lining up of the slaughtering of the Lamb of Israel with Christ being the Lamb of God. Remember, he rose on first fruits, right? And he's, he's, uh, he's slaughtered on, at the start of this Passover, right when they killed this Passover lamb. Jesus, by the way, if you know the Feast of Israel, there's seven Feasts of Israel, he's fulfilled the spring feast. He's going to fulfill the fall feast in his second coming and the salvation of Israel. Jesus is the, all those feasts pointed to Jesus. In fact, everything uh, pretty much in the Old Testament in some way 
points to Jesus. The temple worship, the feasts, the festivals, all the prophecies points to Christ. But this one is just big, isn't it? That as Israel is slaughtering their lamb on Thursday afternoon, Nisan the 14th in 32 AD, Jesus is on the cross dying for the sins of the world as the Lamb of God. And then, of course, we have the story of uh, the body needed to be taken down from the cross and put in the tomb before sundown, because it says in Scripture that it was a Sabbath. And so now here um, here is probably why tradition has said for a long, long time that the crucifixion happens on a Friday. And that is because we all know that Jesus' body needed to be taken down off the cross and placed in the tomb before sundown, which was uh, which would have been Friday evening, the weekly Sabbath, right? So therefore, Jesus must have been crucified on a Friday. Now, here's what I think many forget. That Thursday night was also the start of a Sabbath. This is the Sabbath for the Passover. Remember what we said in Leviticus 23, that on the Passover day, they were to hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. So Thursday night was also the start of a Passover. In fact, John 19 says, now it was the day of preparation, and the next day, Nisan the 15th, was to be a special Sabbath. So sure enough, Scripture, both old and new, confirm that we have a special Sabbath, the feast Sabbath, the Passover Sabbath, if you will, starting Thursday night, running to Friday night. Then, of course, starting Friday night, we would have the regular weekly Sabbath. Mm -hmm. That means that after they got Jesus' body into the tomb, no one could go and prepare the body, put all the spices in the body, until when? Until Sunday at first light, mm-hmm. which exactly is when the, the, the women show up to prepare the body of Jesus, first light on Sunday. So now what does that mean? Well, here's the other big component of this. The other big component of this is the whole three days and three nights thing. So Matthew 1240, Jesus gives this prophecy about his death and resurrection. And he says this, He says, I will give you one more sign, the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Well, I've heard over the years a lot of theologians uh, trying to defend the traditional view of this is that, well, yes, you can count off three days from the crucifixion on, on, on traditionally on Friday until Sunday. You have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's three days inclusive, right? Well, yeah, that's true. It is three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But that's not the prophecy. The prophecy that Jesus says is that he will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Well, you can't get to three days and three nights from a Friday afternoon crucifixion. But if this timeline is true, and he is being slaughtered at the exact time on Nisan 14th, Thursday, just as Israel is slaughtering their lambs before sundown, and that is his crucifixion time, well, now you have three days and three nights precisely. You have 
Thursday day. He was in the tomb before sundown, right, because that would have been the Sabbath, so he had to be in the tomb before sundown. You have Friday day, and you have Saturday day. Now, remember also what we st- at the start of the show, we said the, the women went to the tomb before dawn on the first day of the week. They see the stone rolled back, right? So he was not in the tomb Sunday day. That would have been day four then, wouldn't it? That would have been four days mm-hmm. in the tomb. And then, of course, we have three nights, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. So with a Thursday crucifixion, it matches perfectly the description that Jesus gives in Matthew 12, the sign of Jonah, that Jesus would be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Very cool. It's unbelievably cool. How have we justified that in the past with Good Friday being the day of crucifixion when the prophecy was like Jonah, three days and three nights in the earth? How have we gotten around that? Well, like I said, I, I, I mean, I, I literally remember, I think I was in high school. I don't think I was in junior high. I think I was in high school. And I remember reading this and thinking, well, how, I, don't, I don't understand how this works. Three days and three nights, Friday, Saturday, it's only two nights. Um, well, okay, I guess, you know, all the, you know, the pastors in the church, they're smarter than me. So I guess I just, and I'm just a lowly little, you know, churchgoer and I right. can't understand this thing. That's kind of how you feel a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And and I can't tell you how many times over the years that I've been teaching this, people have said, you know, that has always bothered me. I think tradition is a very powerful thing. I agree. And I think once it was set and once it became tradition and we have Good Friday, and also I think one of the key things is everybody understands that Jesus needed to get down off the cross before the Sabbath, mm-hmm. right? And that starts sundown Friday. So that kind of makes sense, I guess. And so I guess I just don't understand it. Um, but once you actually start figuring it out, this actually fits perfectly. And I, I might add at this point really quick. This is not new. There are many, many people uh, over the church history Mm -hmm. that have concluded that Thursday is crucifixion day. This is not just my chart. I mean, a lot of people have, after this kind of, after I prepared this chart, I've actually found article after article after article and teacher after teacher that has taught the same thing. And you might ask, well, then why don't we change? Why don't we change it? Why don't we go to, you know, Good Thursday instead of Good Friday? Well, I, I guess tradition is a powerful thing, right? It is powerful. You go back to the Christmas story and you hear about things that we talk about at Christmas time that just are not biblical, like the three wise men showing up the night Jesus was born. Right. Uh, Traditions are strong. They are. And the biblical narrative is they probably showed up months after he was born. Um, And and probably, and it wasn't three. They had three gifts. There's probably more than three. These three kings of Orient are, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jeff, when we talk about the special Sabbath, was that something that occurred every year in the Jewish calendar? It would have occurred every year because every Passover, Nisan the 15th, would have been a special Sabbath unto the Lord. It's basically the start of the Feast of Unleavened Bread in which they would eat the Passover meal. But note, however, just as Christmas doesn't always follow fall on the same day of the week every year, sometimes it's on a Monday, sometimes it's on a Thursday, you know, and so on, so to the Passover would fall on a different day of the week in, in different years. So in 32 AD, the Passover, Nisan 15th, just happens to fall on the Thursday, Friday, Thursday evening into Friday, 
uh, of the calendar and be up against the weekly Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So it it wouldn't be every year that the Passover and the regular Sabbath would be back-to-back. It just was this year. It just happened to be perfectly set up that way. And the sacred assembly, that comes out of Leviticus 23, doesn't it? Correct. So we know that Leviticus, Leviticus says, God says about the instructions on Passovers, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. And then, of course, it's John. I read the passage from John that said, now this day was the day, the preparation day, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. So we know that that's how it was viewed and and uh, and practiced uh, by Israel on Passover day, the Nisan the 15th. So what does that mean? Let's, let's try to do it, because I know this is hard for the audience. I know it's hard without the chart in front of you. Um, so I I've been working hard at getting charts in people's hands, though, Jeff, just you. so you know. Thank you. I'm, and I'm used to teaching this in a class, right, where everybody has the chart in front of them. But so, so according to this chart and according to all the biblical time references that, that line up perfectly for this, this, this model that I have here, Thursday afternoon, Jesus is crucified at the exact moment that Israel is sacrificing their lambs. The next day, that sundown would have been Nisan the 15th. That's when the Passover meal would have been eaten. Uh, that's the, that is a Sabbath day unto the Lord. Friday would have been the, uh, the rest of the Sabbath day for the Passover. And then Friday night would have been the regular Sabbath that night and into the next day. And then you'd have Saturday night. And then Sunday, first morning, would have been the first opportunity for someone to go to the tomb and touch the dead body um, and become unclean, basically, after, and do work. Uh, first light on Sunday, and that's exactly when the women show up. Now, here's one more thing. This is so cool. This two Sabbaths, I think, is the, is one of the big keys to understanding this, that there's two Sabbaths in a row. Turn to Matthew 28, verse 1. And in virtually, virtually every major translation of the Bible, it says this on about Sunday morning now. After the Sabbath, at dawn... On the first day of the week, and then it goes on to describe the incident of the women coming to the tomb and the angel and so on. So we're no, we know we're on, the, on Sunday morning here. But notice what it says, after the Sabbath. But in reality, this is where a little Greek word study can be so powerful at times. Now, I'm, I'm a big believer that we can trust our English Bible, but sometimes the English is not translated from the Greek you know, the most precisely as it should be. Here's what that Greek says. In the Greek, it literally says, after the Sabbaths, plural, Mm. at dawn on the first day of the week. Say that again. After the Sabbaths, plural, plural. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure the interpreter said, well, I know there's a difference between the Greek word uh, sabbaton in singular and plural, and but there's only one Sabbath a week, so it must be singular. And so all the English translators translated as singular. Hmm. But as some have pointed out, this Greek form is actually the plural form of Sabbath. And with this understanding, doesn't it make perfect sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. After the Sabbath, two Sabbaths, plural. Right. On oh. the first day of the week. Wow, Jeff, I need to take one last break. Yep. Uh, Give me uh, 90 seconds. We'll be back with Jeff Verdorn. His uh, chart is available. All you have to do is email me, bill at myfaithradio.com. In the subject line, just put Jeff's chart or chart, and I'll get it out to you right away. 
Welcome back to the show. We got Jeff Verdorn. Uh, we're talking about the final week of Jesus's life, and we had quite a fun discovery that the Greek says the word is plural when it talk about talks about Sabbath, and it says Sabbaths. Get that S going at the end. <laughs> it's hard that to means say, there's two Sabbaths that week, huh? There are. In fact, I asked when I was studying this. I actually asked my daughter-in-law. She was studying Greek at the time in college. And I asked her, I said, look at this Greek word. Can you tell me if this is singular or plural? And she says, well, that's plural. And so if a one, somebody with one year of Greek background was able to distinguish that that was a plural world. And sure enough, I did, you know, lots of research on it. And it is absolutely plural. Um, it's uh, sabaton, it's plural. It's the Greek word. It's, uh, you know, the Hebrew Shabbat, right? It's the, the Greek version of that. And it's absolutely plural. So what does that mean? It means there was two Sabbaths. Sabbaths in a row. Uh, that's why, obviously, the women waited until first light on Sunday uh, and showed up at the tomb. So Jesus was literally three days and three nights because of the two Sabbaths being back-to-back in 32 A.D., and, uh, and that all fits together perfectly. One of the things that gives me complete goosebumps is that um, as they were sacrificing uh, the lamb— the Lamb of God was being going to the cross that day. It all happened at once, same time. Isn't that huge? Uh, I, that's huge to me. Yeah. So the, the, I think the traditional view misses three big things. Misses that the Last Supper is not the Passover meal. It's the day before the Passover meal. They miss the fact that Jesus is actually being crucified at the exact moment that Israel is slaughtering their lambs. Because if... If the Last Supper was the Passover, then the lambs would have been sacrificed the night before, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus would have been sacrificed after the Passover meal. Um, and by the way, how many lambs show up at their own meal, right? right. That just doesn't make any sense <laughs> right. to me. And then, of course, the the big thing, I think, is that uh, these two Sabbath days in a row, that there was two Sabbath days in a row, therefore resulting in a literal three days and three nights uh, that Jesus said, the sign of Jonah, Matthew 12, that just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, in the belly of a fish, so the Son of Man would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And this model meets that exactly. Now, now, now I'm convinced of this, right? I'm, scripture fits together perfectly. I love when Scripture and all the pieces come together and, they, and you are able to reconcile every single time passage in the Gospels, I think, to this model perfectly, and the Old Testament uh, instructions for the Passover, for that matter. Um, So how big a deal is this? Because we have been celebrating Good Friday for hundreds and hundreds of years as the church, right? Mm -hmm. And so should you storm into your pastor's office, you know, and demand that we start celebrating Good Thursday instead of Good Friday? And it's like, you know what? Like we said earlier, tradition is a very powerful thing. And I think the main thing that we need to be doing this week is to remember what Christ did, right? That he came, that he was God incarnate. He was the Lamb of God, and he was crucified for the sins of the world, and he rose in power and in glory, right, on that Sunday morning. And that's what, you know, when we say he has risen, he has risen indeed, And that is the truth that we are remembering. That is the truth that we are declaring. That is the truth that is central to all of Christianity, that Jesus rose from the grave. So whether he was 
crucified on Thursday or Friday. Um, in the end, what we want to do is remember, remember his sacrifice. That, after all, is exactly what he said at the Last Supper, right? Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, do this to remember me. Now, if I ran a church, which I don't, by the way, I think I would have Good Thursday, which means that it would be actually Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Good Thursday, and Resurrection Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think my ch- if I ever ran a church, I, would, I think I would probably do that because I believe this and I believe it reconciles so perfectly. So. And I know you've got a lot of people interested in this. Uh, I'm just getting overwhelmed with response. Um, a question, a quick question that popped up. Have they celebrated two Passovers in the same week before or after? Um, I have looked at the year surrounding 32 AD. Um, there are a number of other years that many uh, have concluded is the crucifixion week, 29 mm-hmm. AD, 30 AD, many say 31 AD. Some say 33 A.D., and I'm going off of memory here, but I think this is—I think I'm accurate—that that the Passover day does not line up back to back with the weekly Sabbath on any of those other years. Okay, um, but if, it does—it does happen. The special Sabbath. It, it would just like Christmas will will be on Thursday sure. some days, and then maybe years later it'll be on Thursday again, and right. you know. So on. So yes, it, I'm sure it has happened other years, but this year is important. And remember, the the other reason why we're anchored in on 32 A.D. is that Daniel nine prophecy. That Daniel nine prophecy specifically says, back this is back in Daniel's day, right? 500 years before it happens, Daniel says, from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes, there'll be a certain period of time. Well, we know when the decree is, Nehemiah chapter 2, and we know when the Messiah came, exactly that amount of time afterwards, it's actually 69 sevens is what the prophecy says, and we can't go into that here. But that timing lands perfectly on Nisan the 10th, 32 AD. Wow. So we're locked into 32 AD. I, I, I'm absolutely convinced that 32 AD is the crucifixion wing for Daniel 9 reasons, but also because... Uh, of of this the the question that the the gentleman asked that these two sabbaths line up back to back and that's critical for all this happening um and for the passover to be on thursday afternoon well the second sabbath really does kind of answer some of the questions doesn't it i mean i i don't know when i last heard about that maybe the last time i talked to you <laughs> <laughs> we did this what and by the way we should remind everybody what day is today Today is Thursday. I know. So late in the afternoon. I got tears afternoon. in my eyes right now thinking he's on the cross. Uh, we're, we are late in the afternoon on Thursday of Passover week. Now, this year, Passover on the Jewish calendar fell uh, yesterday, last night. Passover meal was Wednesday night. Um, but right now on our calendar, this day of the week, uh, some 2,000 years ago, almost 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus would have been on the cross, um, dying late in the afternoon. I guess it's past three o'clock now. It's almost mm-hmm. five, and and Israel would have slaught have slaughtered their lambs and would have been doing their last preparations for the Passover meal that night. And the the, the those that were preparing Jesus's body would have placed him in the tomb and got him into that tomb uh, before sundown, so that they would be. Uh, clean and not defiled for and do work on the on the Sabbath day that started 
Thursday evening. So just just think about that. That that was the today, this this timing, this week. Yeah. And Powerful. so that's and and so the main thing is we want to remember that, right? Yeah. We want to remember that that's Christ did. And and I, I say this often. We want to live our lives every day as if it's Easter and every day as if it's Christmas. We want to remember that Christ came into this world to save sinners of whom Paul says, I am the worst. And he died for the sins of the world and rose from the grave and he offers new life, that resurrected life to whosoever would believe in him. Turns out you're a good guest, Jeff. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) You're a good host. (laughs) You're a great host. That wraps up our show for the day. If you want to get Jeff's chart, and I know many have asked for it already, Email me, bill at myfaithradio.com, bill at myfaithradio.com. Just put Jeff's chart in the subject line. I'll shoot it off to you. Have a great night, everyone. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.